0: Welcome back everyone, I'm Sarah Peck and this is the Startup Pregnant Podcast. Today, I am going to give you a sneak peek behind the scenes of one of my favorite programs, the Wise Women's Council. It's our annual program for women entrepreneurs and people who are navigating parenting and pregnancy to come together and be vulnerable and authentic in a community space. We just closed our year-long program this last November, and I want to take a little bit of time to share with you what that is like. Today is a special episode because we are going to have three guests on today, all women who joined the community last year to talk a little bit about it. So if you haven't heard of the Wise Women's Council before, it's one of the programs that we have at Startup Pregnant. It's a year-long community for women entrepreneurs and women in business who are navigating that huge transition that is getting pregnant, becoming a parent, figuring parenting out. Can we actually figure parenting out? I'm not sure. Jury's out. And figuring out your career path amidst all that shifts as you decide to try for kids and have kids and raise kids. The Wise Women's Council is a really, truly special community space for people to come together and be vulnerable, to be honest, to be true. Over the last year, we had 18 women join our program and commit to our twice monthly calls and our online private community space. What happened was really, truly more beautiful than I could have imagined. And I am so grateful to have spent the last year with these women. Now, I know how important community is, and I know how much my happiness is correlated with being in the same space as brave and inspiring and creative, thoughtful people. And yet, I struggle sometimes to make sure that that is a component of my life. And every time I add that back in, despite the messiness of figuring out the logistics and like the energy it takes to get into the same room as other people, I am so thankful that I did. So we just wrapped our 2019 program. We had our closing ceremony in November, and I reached out to many of the women in the group, and I asked them if anyone would be willing to talk about their experiences. Today, I've got three of the members of the Wise Women's Council on this call. They're going to share their stories, a little bit about their work, about their lives over the past year, and talk about what the Wise Women's Council is and how it works. For anyone who is interested in joining us next year in 2020, The early bird applications are now open. They're open through January 20th, 2020. If you go to startuppregnant.com and you look for the Wise Women's Council, or you can go to the URL startuppregnant.com slash WWC, you can read all about the program and see everything that's included. So today we're going to dig in and we're going to talk to Sharon Stolt, Erin Simpson, and Michelle Florendo. One of the big themes on this call today and what you'll hear them talk about is what does it actually mean to be entrepreneurial? We are all living and navigating these lives with our careers that are changing and meandering and pivoting so often that sometimes we work with companies and sometimes we start services and sometimes we run big companies. And Is there a definition of entrepreneurship that we can agree on? In one story today, you'll hear about how someone was a senior director at Visa and then left to pursue her own path. And then in that pursuit discovered so much about herself and her career as an entrepreneur and discovered things she wasn't expecting about what entrepreneurship would be like, but that catapulted her to level up in a way she wasn't expecting. Then we also talk about the questions around what happens when your needs and visions change. Sometimes a job or a company can be perfect for you when you're 28 and then five years goes by, you're 33, and you're thinking, well, now this same exact job that made me so thrilled kind of bores me or isn't right for me anymore, or I need something else. What do you do when you need to change your business or your services or your life? How do you navigate that change? Today's call is all about entrepreneurship and leadership and it, what it looks like when we sit down to talk honestly about how we're all figuring it out together. This call is a chance for you to see inside a part of the Wise Women's Council, and I really, I am so thrilled to be able to share this with you. Thanks for being here, and thank you to Sharon, to Aaron, and to Michelle for sharing their stories. Welcome to the Startup Pregnant Podcast, where we talk to creative leaders about what it means to be an entrepreneur and a parent. I'm your host, Sarah K. Peck. Hey, everyone. Big announcement today. We are now opening our early bird enrollment for the Wise Women's Council. It is our year-long program and community mastermind where women can come together to talk about entrepreneurship, leadership, and parenting, and all of the messiness that happens in between. If you are interested in finding out more about the Wise Women's Council, the program, the coaching, and the guest teachers, check it all out at startuppregnant.com WWC. Go over to our website and look for the Wise Women's Council. Early bird applications are open, regular enrollment happens through early February, and then we kick everything off together in March. It's a nine-month program for women who are navigating business, leadership, and parenting. Come join us. This episode is brought to you by Splendid Spoon. They are a meal delivery service that has been really wonderful during my postpartum time after baby number two. As you know, one of the things that can be really hard for new moms is finding enough high quality, good, nutritious, nutrient-dense foods to eat when you're super hungry and you have a new baby in your household. Seriously, for me, I put the baby down, I run to the kitchen, I open my fridge and then I see that everything I've bought has to be prepared and I just, I don't even have time to chop things up, let alone like make it to the bathroom, take a shower, whatever all the things are that have to be done. So then I end up opening my cabinet and on a good day, I'm snacking on seaweed snacks and some salted nuts, but honestly, I grab anything and then it turns out I've eaten like five bags of potato chips that day and nothing else. That's why I was really happy when Splendid Spoon reached out about being a referral partner. They make soups and smoothies that are ready to eat, nutrient-dense, and plant-based. Startup Pregnant listeners get $50 off their first delivery when you use the link splendid.to slash Pregnant. That's splendid.to slash Pregnant. I will put the link in the show notes so that you can get $50 off of your first week of delivery. Okay, everyone, we are here doing a roundtable with some women that I have gotten to spend the last year with. We have been in a Wise Women's Council for the better part of 2019, and I invited three people to come join me and talk a little bit about the experience, their experience, and also more generally about motherhood and entrepreneurship and the shit show that it can be. So let me welcome everyone here. Welcome to Sharon. Sharon, hi. 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 Can you tell everyone where you are in the world and a little bit about your business background, the kind of work that you do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, in space and time right now, I am in the San Francisco Bay Area, but I actually... My home base is Boulder, Colorado. And I had... Only moved to Colorado a few months before the Wise Woman Council opened up. So I was in that prime space of looking for connection. And I was quite surprised by what I found, both you know, locally as well as internationally through this group. I definitely got what I was looking for. Business-wise, I would say my journey has been... My vision was always that I was a corporate person. I was primed for corporate work from an early age around the dinner table to vice president level parents. Really got my gears grinding in terms of I can't wait to have that level of impact. Going into business, going into the corporate world made me realize it wasn't just as easy as all of that. And when I left my job visa, when I was running learning and development, I didn't know that entrepreneurship was my next gig, but when someone reached out to me and said, basically, I will pay you to do what you do best, which is learning and development, it was the first time I opened my eyes to the fact that I could try this. And so my entrepreneurship journey was consulting, dipping my toe a little bit in the coaching space. And as this entire group got to experience over the past nine months together, realizing that that was no longer a fit for me in that current iteration and setting my entrepreneurship to the side as more of a side hustle now and going back to the corporate space. And that's where I find myself leading learning and development again now for a smaller company, which tends to fit that entrepreneurial vibe for me, but still large enough to where I can have an impact on a day-to-day basis.
0: Oh my God. your story is one of the ones that like I think is so essential for uh, for all of us because we're living in a time when our careers are longer and longer mm. and we can move back and forth between projects and companies. And so so many people, one of the questions I get all the time is like, well, am I an entrepreneur? Like, do I qualify? Do I count? Like, would you count me for being in the wise women's council as an entrepreneur because I am working at a small company that's entrepreneurial or because I'm a consultant? or because I am an actress or because I run a coaching business. And everyone has a different like amount of, well, I'm doing my own independent thing, but also my own independent thing involves working with other people and companies. What
1: are the gradations? And you have done all of these things over the last year. Yeah, journey. absolutely. Yeah, my journey really through the Wise Women's Council has been reckoning that for myself and getting comfortable calling myself an entrepreneur Even though I'm not starting a new business today in this current phase or cycle that I'm in, uh, which translates to the, the work that I'm doing around career development and the speaking that I'm doing and how I motivate people to, regardless of where you are right now, you are the only one who owns your career directive, which means you get to say you're an entrepreneur.
0: Oh, I love it doesn't that. matter
1: what you're doing. So it's been it's been a. I mean, you know this well, Sarah uh, and Michelle. Given that you were just uh, listening to my my individual recording recently, <laughs> it has been a journey and an emotional one to to love myself enough to embrace that title. Can you talk about that? Like, what's tell yeah. us about the emotional side of oh, it's all for me came down to being letting go of other people's expectations which means letting go of other people's definitions. No one tells you you're an entrepreneur but you. And once you embrace that title, and for me it was saying it out loud over and over, you just are. You know, it's they say like you're a runner if you run. You know, you're an entrepreneur if you if you live and breathe and set your own direction at any given point in time. So embracing that definition for myself came down to saying my definition is the only one that matters.
0: Oh my God. That's, I love this so much. And, and like the idea that if you're asking the question, what's next and what do I want? And you are taking the captain seat of your own career, you're taking charge of saying, like, my career is the thing that I'm going to be creative about. And it may change, it may evolve, I'm going to learn with it, I'm going to grow with it, then that is entrepreneurial. Like, that's what it means to be a creative entrepreneur in the world. Oh, I love that. Like either like, so this pertains especially to women in entrepreneurship who are thinking about parenting and pregnancy, because I find that almost everyone I interact with, in an interview, ends up having the question at some point or another. They wake up and they say, "What's next? Like, what yeah. what happened?" <laughs> kind of, it's, right? It's like, uh, "What just happened?" Is <laughs> the first question. Like, "What just happened?" Like, I just pushed the baby out of a somewhere, and like, and then two years blinked by, and like, I have a toddler. What do I do? And what do I want next? Right? Like, yes. where's what's the next moment in either my parenting trajectory or in my career trajectory? Oh, my God. I'm so glad you're here. I am going to pop it over to Michelle. Can you tell everyone listening a little
2: bit about your background and your work? And and yes, all of them. First off, can I just say, Sharon, so much of what you just talked about resonates with me so much. It like made me flash back to specific moments in my life. And so a little bit of the background, I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. I feel like I too was grooving myself for the corporate track, like have a a background in decision engineering, started my career in consulting and then moved over to the like industry side of things, went to business school. And it was actually business school that made me think more critically about what is it that I wanted to do next. Wanted to have more impact. So I went into nonprofit. But as a decision engineer, I'm always thinking about, okay you know, what are the the choices that I have coming up? And, you know, what are my objectives? What are my options? What information I have? And I knew that motherhood was always something that I wanted to have in my life. I was just telling my mom this morning, actually, how much I love her, because she is the reason why I wanted to be a mom, but also a mom who worked because she was a working mom, but still very present. So I wanted to figure out how to do that. But I remember like specifically, seven years ago, looking around at all of my peers, especially ones who had graduated from business school, and not liking the choices or the options they had to choose among in terms of what did it look like to be a present mother, but also or like to be able to mother in the way that you want to, but to also be able to dedicate time to your career yes and, i mean i I tell people. I I never imagined myself going the entrepreneurial route. I was very much like, I'm I'm a risk-averse person, I like security, and then people are just like, wait a minute, you're risk averse, and then you went and started a business. I'm like, yeah, because it would have been more risky not to, given that my objectives were to have a family, mother in a certain way that I wanted to, and dedicate myself to a career where I was, you know, like providing value to the world. And so, yeah, it was about seven years ago, that I started thinking about like, well, what would it look like to create another option beyond the obvious ones that I saw, which was either, you know, just like dedicate myself to a career and where I had to commute and like not have a lot of flexibility and like cry about like not being able to see my children or completely opt out of the workforce and, you know, spend that time. But I have this longing to do, like spend time in another way. And that's when I started playing with, well, you know, what, what options do I, what options could I create? Like, what skill sets do I have that, you know, someone might pay me for? And again, like given, given this like decision geekness, I found a lot of people wanted me to help them talk through or like figure out these big, messy life career decisions. Because there's no like dividing line between life and career. It's all one thing. Yes. it does. It's just, Us. (laughs) us. <laughs> That's right. That's so right. Yeah. And so after after spending a number of years in in like jobs where I was like working for organizations, struck out on my own, built my own coaching practice, got it to the point where it's like, okay, it's paying the bills, this is working, and then I was like, wait, okay, I have the lifestyle or flexibility I wanted, but how does this motherhood thing work? Like when you're a solopreneur? And so there was another round of like, okay, well, what options are there? And and this is where I'm so thankful, Sharon, for your your definition of entrepreneurship as it being whatever we define it as. Because I still remember when I had a I was sought out to have an opportunity to coach for an organization. And it was a, an organization that I respect. They are building the pipeline of leaders of color in the corporate space, which I think is like hugely important in order to just provide more equity. In the world, but I had like this huge like identity crisis. I was like, "Oh my gosh, am I no longer an entrepreneur? Am I giving everything up that I built so that I could like, you know, partner with this organization?" And now, like five years into it, like I realize, even like I've I've maintained my private practice. I still have private clients. I've also coached for this organization. I've also built a completely new vertical. For this organization in like the tech space and a pipeline of software engineers and feature entrepreneurs. And I think like what's been wonderful hearing, you know, all the stories of of the other women in the Wise Women's Council is has helped me think through, like, okay, yeah, what, what are these definitions for me? Like, yeah. how is it that others are working through these questions for themselves and where are they finding meaning and what resonates with me and what can I learn? And gosh, even just being on this call in the past 20 minutes, like, (laughs) oh my gosh, Sharon, you just blew my mind.
0: Thank you. (laughs) I, Michelle, I love this so much because I think that like, in some way, like even just motherhood makes us entrepreneurial in a way, like when we're faced with, well, I need to make money, not just for myself. Right. I could eat, you know, whatever takeout or whatever ramen noodles when I was living on my own. But like now I need to make money because I have a family and I have people who have demands on my time and who need caretaking that are dependent on me. And so all of a sudden I need to make work that pays me. And I see this switch sometime for people when, when they were like, they had a hobby before and now they're like, nah, you're going to pay me. Like (laughs) my time, you're going to pay for it. And there's also that drive of like, well, if I only have so much limited time, what am I going to spend it doing? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and this desire to do something that is meaningful. And whether it's within an organization where, like you're saying, you're building a whole new vertical or you're, you're having some sort of creative capacity and you feel well used, like your time is valued. Like these, I, I see this so often in so many people, especially right at the pivot point of like, Oh, I've I've been through my 20s. I've tried a bunch of things. I'm now having kids and now the stakes are higher. And so my my bullshit meter is gonna be a little higher. Erin, I'm coming over to you next. I want you to tell everyone all about who
3: you are and you have had, I mean, what a year. Can you tell us all about it? What a year. Yes, so I'm Erin and gosh, everything you guys were just saying resonates so much that I think what you just said, Sarah, the stakes are very high now. So backing up a little bit, I started my career. I've always worked in PR and communications. And I started my career, like both you, Michelle and Sharon, um, on more of a corporate track and was working my way up. And I got into startups. And that was something that was really, really eye-opening for me to be exposed to people who were, you know, my age, my peers that were building things out of nothing and getting to build functions within those companies. And so most recently, I built out the communications team and and headed up uh, comms at a very well-known Silicon Valley startup. And I spent a little over three years there working under the founders and it was all-consuming. It was, you know my my life 100% I didn't really date I didn't you know get out much but it was incredible but I think that that was really I hit a point there where I realized that knowing me and my personality and going all in on things that this was probably not sustainable and I always had had this kind of this this humming this buzzing you know of wanting to start my own thing at some point and so once I got that you know, kind of be in my bonnet. I started, I was lying awake at night thinking, could I do this? Could I quit my job? And I, it was a job I really loved and I had a lot of fulfillment out of it, but it was something that, again, like this, this life that I had kind of found myself in was not, I just realized that if I ever wanted to have a family have more balance, you know, I was going to have to m- make something new and build it myself. And so I I left the company to start a small PR firm. And so that was, that. it's flown by, but it was, I'm coming up on five years there. And so when I joined this group, I was pregnant. And the one person I think in the group that was not a mom yet, and, you know, was going to be going through this live with my new (laughs) friends here. That's right. Um, Yeah, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So yeah, so I had my baby about seven months ago. So that hence why my brain is not totally (laughs) functional. I think that's been one of the things that's been a struggle for me um, as someone that, you know, I rely on my brain to get paid. And I had to come back to work probably sooner than I would have liked and, and you know, I was able to, working for myself, ease into that transition in a way that worked for me. But I remember feeling this, like, cold sweat fear as I was staring at, like, a blank email. And I, was, I couldn't even get words to come up. And, like, sitting there for an hour, you know, with, like, a blank doc and knowing I only have this one hour to get some work done. And I literally can't make my brain think, you know, which is, is really hard <laughs> when you... You need to earn that money for your family. Like you were saying, I think it's some of these things where I, and we've talked about asking for what you're worth and and getting paid for things that you might have done for free at other points. And so I think that all of that comes kind of to a head when you realize that you have to take care of a family. And I'm also the, the primary earner in our household there are pros and cons to having a husband that's nearly a decade younger. Um, <laughs> one of the cons <laughs> is that, you know, you have a little more job experience, so you're making more money. That's right. Um,
0: <laughs> there are so many challenges, Erin, like the number of things that you've been through and the fact that you've been so open and honest about it with us in the group has been such a privilege to all of us because I think it's so easy to look at your website and look at your LinkedIn and like look at your profile and be like, wow, you know, she, the IPO for this big company and she's been in PR for this many years. And like your resume is so freaking impressive, right? Like when we see you on the internet, it's like, whoa, she has it all together. And then to come into community with other women and be like, yeah, I've done, you know, a boatload of work and I'm really good at my work. And It is really hard to be an entrepreneur and come back with a baby and figure out how to make money with half a brain and no time. And that struggle that you mentioned when... Carrie, you guys know Carrie, but Carrie and I always talk about how you need like eight hours of childcare for like two to four hours of functioning, brain functioning. (laughs) It's not one to one, but you always plan for it to be one to one. You're like, I have eight hours of childcare. So I'll get eight hours of work done. And it's never that way. Like the first hour of childcare, you're like, you're like uncrossing my eyes, (laughs) caffeinating, showering, Reading an email, and then like by the second hour, you're like, I think I can do this. I think I can do this. And like by the third email, you're like, Oh, biological functioning. I've got to feed myself and shit. Like, like, and then you just don't have the full eight hours, and then it's maddening. And it's so like, I don't know how you all feel, but it can be really demoralizing because you have this this old picture of yourself where you're like, This used to not be a hard thing. Like, what's happening? But then you have so much more responsibility on your plate, so. I want to use this to segue into asking you to share, you each to share, like, and think of the people who are listening, because a lot of the people listening are, here now, are on the journey to having kids. What are some of the hard things about motherhood and entrepreneurship or just working and parenting that you wish that people were more honest about or that we've been able to talk about in the Wise Women's Council that has been really helpful to be able to talk about? Do you have a moment or a story that you'd be willing to share? And let me know, Sharon, I'm going to start with you.
1: The whole time that we've been talking, particularly around the, you know, the reduced brain power that you have and the reduced availability you have. And as you mentioned, Sarah, the inverse proportion of time that you actually think you have available versus what you do, holding yourself to that level of expectation, letting go of what that meant for me in terms of I was much more tied to that identity of myself as a producer of outcomes, a getter of results. That's who I was. Results come differently when you have a baby. They're slower. What I'm proud of now is things like advocating to get my son speech therapy. And pushing back when the assessments from the school district don't match with what actually happened in the assessment room. I'm more proud of that than anything I accomplish in my day-to-day life. I would not have guessed that three years ago. It sounds yeah. like it makes sense on paper, but emotionally, and then grappling with the guilt that you add on to that just to the wise women council gave me a space to talk about that freely. There was not a a time we got together that i wasn't openly weeping about something because i had so much to process that i didn't realize and yet i came through on the other side much closer to achieving the goal that i set my for myself in the first year which was something that came out of therapy that i sought when i realized that i was grappling with postpartum depression that was manifesting as postpartum rage but no one Let's talk about what no one tells you. No one tells you rage is a symptom of postpartum depression. So I didn't know I had it, but I knew that I needed to deal with it. So I I saw a therapist and I was struggling with the thing I know a lot of us deal with, which is that in heterosexual parenting relationships, the equality that you thought you had achieved doesn't show up when you're breastfeeding. and, And one of you is more of a primary income earner than the other. And I could go on. And my therapist challenged me. She said, if you're going, if it's going to default to you, why not own it? Why not take charge? And it was a pivotal moment for me that happened well before I joined the Wise Women's Council. It has that that theme, that that message has guided me. And I I've I've had easier access to it than at, at some times and other times. I feel that my time in the Wise Women's Council allowed me to fully grab onto it. Hearing other women's stories, hearing the journey we were all on, recognizing myself in you, Erin, as you were cresting into that journey and we were helping you together and trying to offer what we could in preparation, knowing there was (laughs) very, very little that we could do to truly prepare you, was a pivotal moment for me to be on that other side and watching some of our other colleagues just go through everything they went through and grapple honestly with the things that we don't talk about, the things we're, that, that we're afraid people will judge us for. Yeah. I truly think that, that I am so much stronger on the other side, so much more confident in being able to say, Hey, if I'm in charge, then I'm in charge, and we are going to do it this way. And I am going to own that mama voice that um, is kind of coming up primally for me, and it's beautiful because it's brought so much strength to my work. And you guys know this, but I was when I interviewed for the role that I have, it was a director level role, and what was offered to me it was a senior director role. And I think a a couple years ago, I would have been so nervous stepping in. And yet I walked into this role, like, of course I'm a senior director. Mm, this is mm-hmm. absolutely, what I'm a senior director at home. So why <laughs> wouldn't I be at life, right? And it just became, or at work, and it just became, my backbone is stronger. My convictions are stronger. I've had an easier time finding my line in the sand, my point of view and having a perspective, which you have to have if you want to be An entrepreneur. I have learned that as well. You need to know what you believe, and you need to believe it strongly. Uh, Another lesson I learned through through our time together. So, so it's impossible to separate them all. But it's been really a journey to strength for me throughout these past nine months. Sharon, I love, I love so
0: many of these pieces that you're saying, because for all of us in the group, there was a theme we had once, one of the months that was identity and the grappling of changing, like, what does it mean to have your identity kind of slip away and then come back and then to form new identities? What I wasn't prepared for and what I learned so much from all of you was how much grief and rage are also related to identity change and how much we all went through and I witnessed in so many people the need for us to be able to express our grief and to express our anger and our rage and our bewilderment and our confusion and our sadness and all of those emotions that don't have a safe place in a, like a workplace or even time in our family life and all the logistics of family life and so when we would come together we would be able to and Sharon you mentioned this and I'm so glad you said it like just fucking cry like every time you know I'm not billing this as a like hey guys let's let's get together for a monthly cry session. but just having a space to be together for an hour or two and be like well what's coming up for you you know what I'm I'm super I'm super scared or I'm really sad or I'm navigating this really difficult thing or I'm feeling like incredible anger that my partnership isn't what I it would be, and I don't know how to navigate it yet. And then expressing it in a place where, what are the four, it's when you feel safe, seen, supported, and heard, or understood, Carrie's the one who taught me this. In birth, when the difference between a traumatic birth and a birth that you are really happy with is whether or not you feel safe, seen, supported, and heard. Like, Do people see you? Do they keep you safe? Are you supported? And it's same exact conditions can happen for two different women and they feel them differently. They don't feel safe with the C-section or they do feel safe or they don't feel safe in their vaginal birth or they do feel safe. And it changes whether or not it's traumatic. And I feel like our aim with this place is to create a space that's where you can feel safe to feel your rage. And you can show up and you can say, fuck yeah, I'm angry. Like, of course I'm angry. I have every right to be angry. I'm like, I'm fucking angry. And then you're like, oh, good. And other people are like, hey, me too, right? That's the goal. Oh my God, Sharon, you're just like, uh, now I want to cry because I'm on a call with you, which is what happens. But I want to come circle back. The question I asked was around like the challenges of working parenting and the hard parts for you. Michelle or Erin, did you want to layer anything on?
3: Erin? Yeah, so I... All of those things that you just said Sharon, resonate so much with me, especially I'm I'm in the thick of it right now. I, I think I said something the other night that what I feel like actually doing is breaking a bunch of plates. That sounds good to me right now. <laughs> but I think that one thing that being in the Wise Women's Council and being around all of these women that work, I think, Michelle, you said work and life, it's all one thing all tied together. And I think that that I've never felt that so much than right now n- newly becoming a mom and I think that looking at all of these women everyone is a multi-hyphenate in so many ways everyone is so accomplished everyone has these different pieces of them that and and some of them are earning money from different streams and these different things that it's really opened my eyes to seeing there's there's no one definition of what this looks like and I think that one thing that I wasn't necessarily prepared for I think that I was, I was spending a lot of time in the months as we do leading up to giving birth, thinking of like, I'm not going to be able to do this. These are all the things I'm going to lose. And I think that I've actually gained something in that I, I have felt this pull towards doing something different and something that is more creative and something that's using different parts of my brain and my, my tolerance for bullshit in the other stuff that I'm dealing with with work and, and clients and all of that is, I just, the stakes are a lot higher in that I don't have the time. And I realize that I need to, you know, create this this life and path now for me and and, and not spend time in things that aren't making it work. And so again, I'm probably not <laughs> as articulate as I could be because I have a, a sick infant that has been barfing all over me <laughs> for the past... <laughs> Couple days, but I think that all of that is to say that redefining when you mentioned identity, Sarah, I think that slipping into a totally new identity of maybe I'm somebody that, even though I'm really good at this thing and I've been doing it for the past decade plus, maybe I need to be open to doing something totally different and listen to myself. There's, there are these, you know, you mentioned primal, Sharon. I think that that's the feeling that I feel a lot where there's like a primal desire to be doing X, Y, and Z that wasn't there before.
0: Mm. Oh my God, Aaron, you were very articulate. And I know the experience, right? Where you're like, I'm losing my mind. Like, are the words that are coming out of my mouth, do they make any sense? I say this all the time to one of my closest friends, Margo. I'm always like, I'm just rambling. And she's like, you're very articulate to me. And I'm like, yeah, but the spinning in my head is what you're not noticing. Like the, the internal dialogue. But yes, this this like... I don't know the the first years after you first become a mom and things feel like they're completely topsy turvy and you're grasping for things that like you, you that used to be familiar but then everything is disorienting. It is so freaking hard and I don't like, everybody listening to the podcast knows this, like, I don't profess to have lots of answers. There's a reason I went to interview 100 people after I gave birth. Like, I was also searching for the tribe, right? And listening to other people talk about their experiences is deeply therapeutic to me. It is so healing to be able to listen to all these other parents be like, nope, none of us have it figured out. And to carve this new path, in a way of all of us being like, hey, like screw the competition. It's not competition. Like we're, this is a new world of work and being a woman and being a parent. And it looks nothing like it did for our parents or even our grandparents.
2: Michelle, what comes to mind for you? (laughs) I feel like one of, one of the things that I, I don't think I complete, well, I had an inkling of before joining because I had been in the mastermind before. And I was like, Something I need this, I need this, Sarah. (laughs) How do I decide again? (laughs) But I don't think I like pinpointed what it was that I needed until just now. And I think I didn't realize how much energy I spend figuring out which part of me I need to bring to the forefront in various situations and various environments. And that this was a place, the Wise Women's Council was a place where I could show up. With whatever part was having a lot of energy any given time. And so, if it was the part, you know, like three days after getting home from the hospital, having my second kid that was just like, I need to, something's happening. I need to just like blah and tell what happened. And then all the emotions came up. I could do that. Or if it's the part of me like thinking through the professional side and like trying to figure out how do I make. How do I make this pivot in how I'm branding my private practice? I could show up with that, and that was totally fine. And and even that these things could coincide at the same time, both my aspirational side and the forgiving side of, you know, like, yes, I can have big aspirations, and at the same time, I can forgive myself for things not going how I don't even know. Like, if I had any expectation, of yeah, yeah. After the second kid, <laughs> like I heard that you know, one plus one is definitely more than two, and I'm still learning that <laughs> right now. Yeah, but I think looking back, I didn't realize one how much energy I was spending like in navigating like the different types of support circles I have outside of wise Women's circle like you know the the professional one that I have and the face that I bring to that and you know going to parent group at my <laughs> son's school and like who do I show up as when I'm there and it being so nourishing to not have to worry about that here it's
0: so it's so so poignant because I think you've articulated it so well. There's always a layer of somebody else's expectations for who we should be in relation to them. Like we have to show up as a spouse or as a parent. Like we go to those parent teacher conferences and we're the parent of so-and-so or we show up in our business circles and we have to have it together or we're the CEO. And there's so many times we have to like add a filter to our experience and be a person in relationship to somebody else and having a space where you can show up and, not have to think about what hat or filter you're putting on before you show up and even like journey through it and talk to each other and be like, I don't know what the shit's going on. Like, I don't know. I'm sad. I'm pooped in three days. I'm eating a lot of chocolate. It might be the bananas, like whatever it is, right? Like, and you show up and you work through it and you're like, oh, I've been clenching my abs because I'm terrified about the diagnosis that I'm going to get. That's what's going on, and you discover it through talking to others and through being in relation
2: to others, instead of having to like formalize yourself and then relate, or like so figure hard. it out before and then show up. Yeah, like or to just show up and then and then sometimes figure it out and sometimes not, and just <laughs> <it's> <laughs> sometimes okay. just be like still messy,
0: still messy. Still see messy. you next month. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, okay, so
0: you mentioned that you knew right away that you wanted to join the wise women's council i mean we've we've talked about this before also that you, you were like sarah where do i sign up where do i sign up where do i sign up you're you're just amazing because we finished people listening michelle and i were in the very first version of this mastermind together and then it grew into the wise women's council and michelle was like done sign me up i'd love to know from each of you what piqued your interest and what what like turned the dial where you knew that you had to join Sharon, let's start with you.
1: I've given you this feedback in writing, but we haven't talked about it, which is I absolutely misunderstood what I was signing up for in some ways. <laughs> That's not uncommon for me, by the way. That's kind of a trend. And typically when that happens, I get far more than I ever thought I could from it. But really specifically for this group, I mentioned at the beginning of our conversation that I was really new to Colorado. I had uprooted my life. I had zero regrets about it. But my network, I had realized right around the time that you opened up enrollment for this program, I had it, it become very clear to me that I didn't have a strong network of support that I was really missing that. And where whereas when I was working in the Bay Area, I went to a co-working space most days and I I had longer childcare hours. So of course I could get like a couple hours worth of work done. So many things had worked there. And while I didn't miss them, I missed the camaraderie. I missed being with people. And ironically, it was the co-working word that really got me, that really drew me in. I was looking forward to all of the rest of it, reading books together and talking about things but i was more thinking that we would like kind of work while we were on hangouts together which is not what we do when we come together we come together and connect i think the beauty of it for me is if i had known that i might not have signed up because i might not have understood that that's exactly what i needed
0: that's amazing to hear and you're right like the co-working call was guided the, we yes. have, so people listening, we have, we have like an all group call the first week of the month where we, it's like a hangout, but it's guided because there were 16 of us on any given call. And so I'd ask everyone popcorn questions. We go around and we share like how we're doing. And, and then, in the third week of the month, we have the group coaching where we like dig deeper into personal challenges. But I do call that first week co working, which is funny because we did never do that.
1: Right. Yeah. Oh, right. I mean, like, we probably could no, set like, that up. It,
0: it's actually being added to next year because two people asked me for it. So I'm going to set up a dedicated Slack room for Fridays. Right now, time oh, is like Friday afternoons, like 12 to 3 Eastern. So it'd be Friday mornings for y'all, 9 to 12. And right. I'm just going to have a dedicated Zoom room so that people can hang out and co-work on Fridays. But that was not part of 2019's group, although that's what you signed up for. <laughs>
1: So It's so funny because there was never a moment where I was, you know, truly disappointed. It was more the first time I got on the call, I was like, oh, okay. oh. that was like a very different 90 minutes than I thought it was. And I certainly came to, to really look forward to it. And I think that addition will also be nice and continue to foster the connections that we build yeah. on the more guided things. So I'm excited to hear that that's this evolving. Is-
0: I love this because I think that we read and we see what we need, right? There's like so much information on the page about what the program is, but everyone will have a different response. They're going to be like, yes, I need that. Or like a Slack I'll never go on, You right? They'll have their own response to things. And the word coworking is what did it for you. Got you here. I'm so glad. I can't even tell you how glad I am that we just <laughs> spent the last year together.
1: <laughs> I know. I mean, it's just, it's beautiful how it, how it works out. And also what challenged my notion of what coworking is, you know, because it really was, we were working. We just weren't working. I wasn't necessarily working on my business. I was working on myself, but we were certainly working.
2: That's Uh, That's totally like, we need that part though, to be able to be
1: effective. This is is why I want to be like, totally honest. Like if you had said this was a lot of like, show up and talk about yourself. I don't know if I would have zoned in on that. Um, that's right. Again, it was what I what I needed to have. So yeah, so that's what, what drew me. But as I've said, I, I really did not anticipate when I signed up that we would be concluding our time together with me running a function in a Silicon Valley company. Like none of this I thought was going to happen. So, so that's the, right. The, year, the the nine months took a very, very different journey for me than I expected. That's right.
0: That was so wild. Okay. And coming to you next, do you remember the question? Because I just forgot
3: it. I do remember. Possibly, <laughs> okay, great. Um, <laughs> why I signed up. And yes. It, Sharon, that's, that's right. hysterical. Um, <laughs> and also, I would love to do co-working as a group with like, yeah, just hanging out, tinkering away because I work by myself in my little dungeon here. So it would be great to see some friendly faces. I joined similarly for a reason that I thought I would need. And it ended up opening up a totally different thing for me. It, it gave me exactly what I needed. But I found the Startup Pregnant podcast because I was Googling. I found out I was pregnant. I'm running this company. And I started Googling how to take maternity leave when you're self-employed. <laughs> and probably not shocking to anyone listening to this. There wasn't a lot there. But I found this podcast and, you know, I was only a few weeks pregnant and I started just plowing through episodes and it really opened up a whole new world for me in that, you know, I have, I have a great support system. Like, you know, you said, Michelle, like we have these different segments of like my, my work friends, my startup people, my like, you know, close girlfriends from college and all these things, but I don't have, I didn't. Realized that there was this world out there of women who were so similar to me and were going to be navigating some of these exact and had navigated some of these exact same challenges. And so I originally signed up because I was like, you know what? This is totally insane. I don't know what I'm getting myself into with having a baby and having a company. And this will give me some tactical help so I can ask people, like, okay, so how exactly did you structure your day? How did you, like, how many hours did you do for this? And how, what week after giving birth did you start getting back on client calls? And, you know, that was what I thought I was going to do with this group. And I don't think I even talked about any of those things. And, and just like you guys said so eloquently, I think it was, I totally unlocked, I think, a part of myself that I just, I'm not normally that open, I don't think, with people because I'm, you know, probably also like a lot of us, very type A and having to have it all together, juggling my like 8 million balls I have in the air at a given time and being able to just show up and talk through where i was at the moment like mess and all and embrace kind of all of those feelings and those deep conversations again if it was just like talking about yourself and having these these really deep life conversations i don't know that i would have been like well i probably don't need that i i have you know friends i can talk to about something if i need it this was something completely different and it was everything that i needed and and similar to you, Sharon, and in, in having a big life change. I'm now in the process of completely changing my business. I also just bought a house for the first time in a rural area. And because I've been so inspired by some of these other women in the group, and we've had side conversations because a lot of them have done that and live in a place that's more connected with nature, um, a place that's more affordable for their families, you know, versus living in the most expensive city in the country. You know, some of these just major life decisions that I've made, I've really been able to lean on this group and it's, it's brought a lot of clarity for me. And I thought I was just going to be like, hey, so how do you pump and be on a call? <laughs> <laughs> which like, it's so interesting because, you know, a
0: good 25, 30% of my conversations with friends and with women are like, okay, tell me exactly how you exercise. Like, but when, but like 445, 455, like 502, what time does your alarm clock go off exactly in the morning? How long do you exercise? How do you switch with your partner? Do you have a partner? Like, like a good chunk of those conversations are like the logistical details where you're like, but then how do you do it? But then the rest of it, right? Like, it's just heart space where it's so unclear and I don't think we've ever put it in our calendar of like, and I'm going to need an hour each week just to cry, but we do, we do. And we need to
2: actually like just spit out her water. Yep. Michelle, what comes to, I know you're cracking up too. What comes to mind for you? I mean, it's interesting because like I was thinking back to when I had re-signed up for, or like I signed up for the Wise Women's Council after the first iteration of this mastermind. But I think you talking... Maybe dial all the way back to yes, when when I remember you, your email list had said you're playing with the idea of having this. And I was like, Oh yeah, when that happens, I'm signing up. And then and then you're like, this is a thing. And I was like, yes. And where do I sign up? And I think at that point in time, I I had already had my first, my son, and I was thinking about having the next one. And I was realizing I was going to embark on this precipice of Like something, something's going to change. Like life is definitely going to change going from one to two, but, you know, professionally something was going to change and I wasn't, wasn't quite sure how it was going to change. And I knew, or I'm like, oh, and I knew No, actually my coach was the one who said, you know, part of this evolution of you is going to be learning. How is it that you can leverage more support from community? Because I have historically been very Type A, do it all myself, plan, plan, planner, go, go, go. I can do it. And two years ago, I was I was playing with the idea of okay, like I can do so much, and what could be possible when I do things with a community within a community that can be of support. And because that's not a notion that I was used to, it's just kind of like. Okay, I don't know what that looks like, but like my coach is is telling me this is something that's become a ceiling for me, and I can see it because yes, there's only one of me and only so much time, and I'm about to have like another little being inside my body making my brain do weird things. So okay, sure, I'll, I'll give this a try. And yeah, again, like trying to find a tribe where I could. Show up with all parts of me and, and that could resonate with like any of those parts was, I didn't even know that could that existed or could exist before. And so, Sarah, I'm so glad that you created this. <laughs> so that's when I was like, Yes, I know I need community or I could do so much more and it'll open my eyes and open so many doors in ways that I can't imagine right now. And so I'm going to take a leap of faith and say, Yes. Mm. And I'm so, So incredibly glad that I did.
0: God, I am so glad that you all did. I mean, this leap of faith just to like jump in and try something for all of us, right? For me and making it and for you all and just like blind trust, like going for it. It blows my mind all the time. And I I think that in terms of understanding what true richness in community looks like, I feel like culturally we're so, we've so much further to go in terms of like what really robust and beautiful and wonderful like interconnected communities look like it reminds me of something of that one of my coaches told me she said like everyone is a part in a constellation And when you think of yourself, if you think of yourself as trying to be the sun in a solar system, and you only have that egocentric, like, my business or myself, my ego has to be the most important thing at the center, we forget that, like, there's so many dynamic parts to it, and that, like, each of us offers part of the constellation, like, we all need, like, hundreds of dots in terms of our community ecosystem and our social ecosystem and our work ecosystem and the projects that we do and the people we call family and it actually like helped me relax and say oh right like I'm not trying to like Jeff Bezos this whole startup pregnant thing right like I'm not trying to I'm not like that's not my aspiration that's not my goal I'm trying to be a point in the constellation for people who need like robust, diverse communities of support. And this is just one of many, many things that we're doing. You all like spending this hour with you has been, it's always, right? It's like one of my favorite things to do. I would keep you longer if I could, but we just hit the top of the hour. Is there anything, any last words of wisdom for people listening or anything that you feel like you wanted to share before we wrap up for the day?
2: Yeah, I feel like. The more I've been able to relax into the universe delivering exactly what I need at any given moment, the more I've been able to see like incredibly, I don't even, I don't have words to describe, just like miraculous blessings (laughs) come into my life, whether it's in like at just the right moment, you know, another woman Reaching out after I've been kind of like MIA and in like a hole for a while, or just the right experience that I'm listening to at whatever a given point from a recording, even if it was from months back, exactly what I need. And so I wish someone had told me like even earlier than two years ago to to have more trust that what's right and what is needed will arise. And that's what this has been for me.
1: Oh my god! Now I'm gonna cry, Sharon. It's just so funny because Michelle and I basically raised our hands to say the exact same thing, that what this journey has taught me and what my motherhood journey of almost three years has taught me is to trust ourselves, that you find power in motherhood when you use it, when you channel it, to trusting your gut, to trusting yourself. And if it feels like it would sit well with you to join a community of women, you should. And if there isn't a community of women, you should create one. And it will be better than you even imagine it can be if you trust it, like Michelle was just describing. Amen. Amen.
0: If it's not there, it's yours to build. Like That is the entrepreneurial call here for all of you listening. If you need a community of local moms where you are and you can't find one, make it. You're the one that needs to make it, right? And this is, I'm part of Chairman Mom, like Sarah Lacey's group. And I'm in an online business and babies group. And I joined the wing in New York. And like, I have like five or six communities that I joined. So make either the Wise Women's Council be the one that you want to join or find the one that's right for you. Like take a minute, sit with your heart and realize, what do I need more of in my life? Do I need more local? Do I need more moms? Do I need more entrepreneurs? Do I need more fathers? Do I need more babysitters? Like call forward what you need and then go after it and make it or join another woman and support her in what she's making.
3: Erin, I don't awesome. know if you raised your hand or not for anything. Did I skip over you or did we get all the words? You know, you guys really very beautifully said what I was thinking is, you know, life, this has taught me that life finds a way of giving you what you need when you need it. And I think this was just echoing kind of what Michelle said is like, it was extraordinary to me that these women I had never met in person would take time out of their day to check in on me, you know, in the days after I'd given birth or in in those days before, you know, when I like knew I was like, okay, like staring at the clock, like (laughs) this thing's happening and just Some of those messages I got in conversations that I had in that time from this group were some of the most comforting things that I I held with me when I kind of went into the fire. And it was um, just really extraordinary for me that these people that I, you know, again, had never met in person, I felt so deeply connected to because, you know, like I love the idea of the constellation because it's like we, you know, we're all in these different places in our lives, different places geographically but we are all living a lot of the same things and there's such strength and power in that. Thank you all so
0: much for coming and joining this round table and sharing a little bit of your personal journey, your story, your parenting and work challenges and your advice for other ladies listening. Where can people find out more about you? Where do you live on the web? Sharon, are you SharonStolt.com? I am SharonStolt.com. And what's your favorite social channel? Hmm. Probably
2: Instagram. Instagram. Michelle, where do you live? I'm on michelleflorendo.com. And I live mostly on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yeah, you do. You do a really
0: good job on LinkedIn. And Aaron, what is the best website and social for you?
3: Yes, I'm at brick-lane.co. We don't have com. We're not there yet. (laughs) (laughs) Our company is Brick Lane. And on Instagram, I'm Aaron Mary Simpson.
0: All right. We will link all of those in the show notes so you can connect to yet a few more dots in your constellation of amazing women doing work in the world. For those of you listening, the Wise Women's Council opens for enrollment in January and February. We run March through November every year. It's because the holidays are madness and no one needs more to do during Christmas time. So we wait until after that's all done and spring is around the corner. Then we start. We spend nine months together. It's both light and deep. We have good conversations we have silly conversations and then we have prompts and lots of wonderful stuff for everyone you can check it all out wise women's council at startup i am sure i will run a post roll all about it so you'll get all the links in the show notes and more thanks everyone for being on this podcast thanks sarah thanks sarah thank you And that's it. That is a wrap, everyone. Thank you so much to each of these women for joining us on today's episode. They have given you a sneak peek inside the Wise Women's Council and the types of conversations that we have as parents and entrepreneurs navigating this messy world of work and parenting. If you are interested in finding out more about the Wise Women's Council for next year, please go to startuppregnant.com slash WWC. That stands for Wise Women's Council. We'll have the link in the show notes and you can also find it in the main menu on our website. The Wise Women's Council next year will have three different tiers. So you can access the community at three different in three different ways. The first way you can join the community for the social space and for the monthly calls. The second way you can join a small group coaching program to go deeper with a group of six to eight women. And the third way you can work one-on-one directly with me and we will have one-on-one private calls to really unpack and unlock big moves in your life or in your business. So check it out. There's three different access points next year. We haven't ever offered it this way before. So we're really thrilled to see what y'all think. Go check out startuppregnant.com slash WWC for the Wise Women's Council and do apply by January 20th for early bird pricing. The prices will go up if your application is not in by the 20th. I hope to see many, many of you applying and here is to an amazing 2020. Hey everyone, just a heads up and a reminder, if you want to listen to our long form Ask Me Anything sessions, they are 30, 45, and sometimes 60 minutes in length and they we go deep into questions that people have. If you want me to look at your business, you want me to comment on your marketing plan, or you have a question about parenting, pregnancy, or anything in between, we are taking listener questions and I answer them in a monthly Ask Me Anything fireside chat. It's available only to our Patreon supporters. So if you back us at the $7 a month level, you get access to this private podcast. You can get access to all of the past episodes, which is pretty cool. So if you're missing the podcast while we're on our hiatus and you want to take a listen in to these Ask Me Anything episodes, go over to Patreon and become a monthly backer at the $7 per month level and you'll get access to all of the future episodes, as well as all of the past episodes. Keep in mind that you are also supporting the work of Startup Pregnant and our growth in these early days, and that matters a ton. Every dollar helps and counts, and we appreciate so much and are grateful for your support. Patreon.com slash Startup Pregnant will take you right there. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, did I spell that right? Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Yes, patreon.com slash pregnant will take you there. The link will be right here in the show notes. You can go straight there. $7 a month and you get ask, access to this entirely exclusive Patreon only podcast. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. And you know, I always say this and I mean it. Leave us a review on iTunes if you like our show. It takes a few seconds and it really does help us a lot. If you want more of what we're talking about, go over to startuppregnant.com and get on our email list. We send out a weekly newsletter with time-saving tips for parents and entrepreneurs. And I always include a weekly gadget or tool or something awesome that we've stumbled upon to help make your life just a little bit easier. And as always, you can reach out to us at hello at startuppregnant.com. We love hearing from you.